0: Welcome on in everybody to the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam. That is Zach, episode two of season three, starting the new chapter edition.
1: Basketball is back, baby. It's the best time of year. There's nothing better than basketball season, and it's back.
0: There were two exhibition games where we got to see the new orange, new players, a lot of new players. New coaching staff. There's a, a whole bunch of new schemes that are being tested. And I think most of all, Zach, it's it's really nice to see a very passionate fan base have something to really look forward to. Because I feel like in the past three or four years, it's been a little tricky. Obviously, Buddy Beheim, the whole Beheim brothers coming in was was huge for the program. But aside from that, there wasn't really much that got Orange Nation really excited over the past couple of years. So I'm excited to see how passionate the fans are in the JMA wireless dome on Monday.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's always a lot of buzz before the season start, you know, especially with, you know, incoming players and everything, players returning. But this year, there's a particular buzz with the new era, the red era coming into town. And it's just exciting. You know, There's a lot of aspirations, and there's a lot of hopes to this year, and I'm just excited to get started.
0: I'm a little worried uh because every year here on the 2-3, we have said, oh, the expectations for this year are blank, or this year feels really different. And every time we do that, it's been different, but in a very bad way, so... I am almost hesitant to say this, but I feel like you need to say it. It is it is different. It doesn't just feel different. It is different with everything going on. You can't avoid it. And obviously, the talking point for a couple games is going to be new coaching staff, Jim Beheim retiring and everything. But I don't think that you can really avoid it. Like everything is different with this team. New players, new coaching staff, everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get right to it. What do you think? this team has to do to have a successful season?
0: That's a good question. I think there's a lot of things that... I'm going to say this and it's going to sound bad, but there's a lot of things that need to go right for this team to have a successful season. There's a lot of players that need to gel together well. But from what we've seen with the two exhibition games, with Monroe Madness, I think... It's really cliche to say, but the sky is the limit with this team. And it does not get much better than that. I think in order for them to have a successful year, um, the biggest thing I see so far is the chemistry, especially early on.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's huge. And like you said, I mean, we always say the sky's the limit, but this year in particular, it really truly feels like when we say that, it feels a little different coming off coming off the tip of your tongue. For some reason, just the new group, the, the, the new coach, and just everything that's kind of gelling together here, it feels different. You know, it's a literally a new era. Things are changing. And I really do think this year could be something special. But at the same time, like, I'm keeping, you know, expectations within reason. But I, I got to ask him, will they make the tournament?
0: Man, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I want to counter that with, do you think it's fair to have expectations for this year? That sounds bad, but I mean, there's so many new factors to this year. Do you think it's even fair to have high expectations
1: like that? I mean, talent-wise, I think it makes sense. I mean, obviously, there's a first-year head coach, and typically, you know, the rhetoric is like, unless you're like your Duke or or someone like that who has like, you know, five-star, 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 you know, Top top class every year. I mean, we have a great incoming class. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. we're obviously like no team in the country really compares to the rosters Duke's Duke put together year to year. But I think, I mean, obviously you have you have to keep it realistic and you can't go like too crazy. But at the end of the day, I think it's fair to have expectations and hopes. But as long as you recognize that it might not necessarily happen. But I think that this team has the talent to make the tournament. I know this team has the desire to make the tournament. And, you know, Judah and JJ, these guys are arguably one of the top backcourts in the country, the ACC. You know, they're getting on lists across across the country. So, I don't know. I, I think it's fair to say that uh, I think this team will make the tournament. I'm, I'm going to say it.
0: I've seen a lot of publications over the past couple of days rank Cuse in the top 25 backcourts in the nation. And I don't think that that's an exaggeration. I don't think that that is uh, any sort of question that they need to be there. JJ and Judah are, I think, the, the biggest hype factors going into this year. You look at factors like Benny and Chris and Naheem and and to an extent Q, because he's been getting so much attention this preseason, they don't even pale in comparison to the expectations that JJ, and more specifically Judah, has had this year. This is Judah Mintz's year, 1,000%. Mark it, put it in a book, whatever. He is the guy that everybody is going to turn to this season, and for good reason. He showed last year that he has the talent to be a lottery pick in upcoming drafts. But I do think that there is a lot of growth that needs to be done for Judah. But the good news is for him, if he can reach the amount of talent that he has and really flourish under this system, he is going to be one of the most special players that has ever come out of Syracuse.
1: The man is on a mission. He said in the ACC media day that he's mad he, he thinks people are disrespecting Syracuse. He wants to get ACC player of the year. He wants to be ACC defensive player of the year as well. He is on a mission. He dude is different, man, and he's going to come to this year with with a different energy. You know, he his second year on the team. You know, he smelled he saw he got very close to the NBA. He he, he knows it's there and he, the man's on a mission and I, it, it's going to be different this year for sure.
0: I think, obviously, hindsight is 20-20, is but I, I have wanted to ask you, does it make sense, all things considered, why Judah came back to the
1: Orange? I mean, yeah. I think he probably could have been on some G League team at this point. But, I mean, not to cut him that short, but I don't think he got word back officially that someone was going to draft him. And if someone doesn't tell you officially that, yes, we're going to draft you first round, if you're only a freshman like he was, I think it's in his best interest to come back. It just makes sense to develop another year. And especially with a lot of people like having the question mark around three-point shooting around his name. It's like, yo, I don't even want people to question that. I'm going to come back, prove everyone wrong, have a great year, ACC Player of the Year, take my team back to the tournament and then go off riding to the sunset. Does he even... With this team...
0: With this team, I'm saying just in the system that he's in right now. Does he even really need to be that great of a shooter? Because we've got Chris, we got JT, we got shooters all on the team. Does he, In this system, does he even really need to be that great of a shooter?
1: I mean, he doesn't need to be a, our three-point marksman, but time to time, when it's there, when when we need it, when you know he wants to change it up a little bit, he just needs to have the ability... To take and make a three when it's warranted. He doesn't need to be our go-to guy. He doesn't need to be our leading three-point scorer by any means. But I do think he needs to show that he he can be consistent and he can get to that shot when he when we need it or when it's warranted within the game.
0: How much leeway do you think Orange Nation is going to give him this year? How many how many games do you think it'll be before they're they're rioting in the street? for red and for judah and for the whole team
1: i hope i hope q station while we are excited while we want big things you know we're, we're finally man to man which people have been harping on for many years to finally drop the zone i hope q's nation is is patient i know we're excited i'm also very excited but i don't think we can you know it's just, it's just unfair to Red into this team to, to put them in to huge spectacle and agony over like something like one loss here or there, especially early on here. You know, the Maui, like inevitably, if something goes wrong in Maui, we got to, you know, take it with a grain of salt. We're playing in crazy good teams in, 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 the, in Maui. So hopefully we can keep it cool. Obviously, Syracuse is very passionate, so... Don't really know how much leeway they'll get, but hopefully, it, it, hopefully, it's more than more than not.
0: I think the first real test, even before Maui, is going to be Colgate. Obviously, they've had our number for a couple years now, but even when you look at Maui, Tennessee, Purdue, Gonzaga, like you said, those are all very scary teams to be playing, and. I mean, looking at the schedule, I didn't really realize how like tough our schedule is going to be this year. And that sort of circles back to the first question you asked me, which was like, what are the goals and expectations for this season? It could be bad to start the year. It really could be. And I don't want to hype ourselves up. And and obviously, obviously, we want the you know, team to, to make to make Mark Madness, of course. But like. It could be that. We don't make the tournament. It could be that there are a lot of growing pains with this year, you know, with this class and and with this coaching staff. But if you, we're going to see these these really strong tests early on, this could be a Final Four team. It really could be. And I don't want to overhype them. I don't want to, um, you know, try to try to set the bar too high. But when you look at the talent, if they prove themselves and they actually all flourish under under red it could really easily be a final four team. So I think early on these first two games against Canisius and against New Hampshire, they're not really going to say much. They'll say what the starting lineup's going to be. They're going to see where our our strengths and weaknesses are immediately. But if they're able to capitalize in Maui, man, I mean, the the whole program is going to be doing backflips.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I I do think early on, we just need to focus on winning the games we're supposed to, which those first three are games that we're supposed to. Obviously, we do have Colgate circle because they've gotten us the last two years. So, unfortunately, that is a, that is a game we kind of have to circle and think about more than we would, would hope to. But just throughout the season, too, if we win the games that we're supposed to, even that will put us in a good position. I feel like year to year, and obviously there are. Unfortunately, games where you just lay a goose egg. There's it's an off day, and you lose to, you know, Louisville when you really shouldn't. have. <laughs> but hopefully, yeah. as long as you can win the games we're supposed to win, that alone, obviously, like expectations are a little bit more than that, and aspirations are definitely way bigger than that. But if we can do that, we'll be in a great position.
0: What do you think are our biggest strengths and our our biggest worries uh, heading into New Hampshire? And heading the year in general.
1: Yeah, I think starting with the strengths, I think the big thing this year, which is way different, is we have a true depth on this team. Yeah. You know, eight, nine guys, I think, could come in and contribute and, and step in whenever you need to. And a lot of those guys are super versatile. Q, you can throw him, you know, at the three or four, even at two, he can handle the ball. You know, you can really kind of throw, plug and play these guys wherever you want. And I think this year, depth is going to be the biggest strength that we haven't seen in, in, in recent years.
0: I think depth not only in a positional scenario, but also what role they have on the team. If Chris isn't shooting well, Put Justin Taylor in. He's had a great preseason. He he looked great against St. Rose. And if Judah's not handling the ball well, okay, have J.J. run point. That's all right. Naheem's not having a great day? Okay, put Peter in. Put Moo in. You've got so many weapons that you can choose from. Put Big Will in. Like, there's so many different people that you can choose from. And we haven't even seen everybody come together in the preseason yet. you got to remember, during the first game, Judah didn't even play. And then in the second game, Benny never played. So nobody's really come together and and we haven't seen what this roster is really capable of. And I think that the biggest worry for Red, at least early on, if you want to look at like positive worries, he has so much talent in in on his roster that he almost has to have everybody have some form of a role on the team. It's it's very much a you know, obviously the the next man up mentality is is huge and we talk about that all the time. Okay, you know, Jesse Edwards is hurt. Okay, just, you know, next man up. Who who's next? But I think with this year especially, it's almost like, oh man, you know, Judah had a didn't have a great game, but JJ looked great. He got to control the point. He looked fantastic. So I think that's a lot different than than years prior. We have Depth not only from a positional standpoint but from a a role standpoint as well,
1: yeah, and on depth as well, is everyone's going to contribute those first two expedition games six and then five guys scored in double digits, you know. Yeah, so guys are scoring you know 10 ish points, but when six guys score 10 points, that's 60 points right there, and then you have the rest of the guys in between scoring points as well. So everyone's going to contribute, which I think is huge. Usually, you know, we have. One, two, or three guys bringing the bulk of, of scoring, and this year I really don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're really going to spread the love, and multiple guys are going to come in and contribute.
0: I do worry about the leadership aspect of things. You know, obviously Benny is is a captain on the team, but he has been suspended. We we don't really know much about his suspension. It could be nothing. It could be something. That's that's a very stupid way to put it, but we don't know anything about a suspension. So I think from an outsider's glance in, I think the leadership role does need to be questioned who is going to be the guy in the locker room. I think as the year went on last year, you could definitely see who the person was as it was evolving in front of us. But I do worry, um, especially early on, 'Cause there are going to be headaches. There are going to be hiccups within the program. Who's gonna be the person that's gonna bring us out of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and leadership is bigger than just playing well. It's you know, taking care of your guys on and off the court, getting your guys into the gym after practice, texting your guys after after a tough game, whether it's an individual or as a team, it's way bigger, it's a huge role and it's tough. It's it's not an easy thing. Just like being the best player. And you know, playing well really isn't enough. It's way bigger than that. And and hopefully someone can, can can step up to the plate and take on that role. And hopefully the coaching staff can kind of empower these guys who are in these leadership positions to be able to do that. Because leadership is, is something I think we've we've quite frankly lacked in recent years. And I think it's just because it's very hard to come in and be a true leader that that sometimes teams need, you know. It, it, it's tough to, to, to be that guy and to have that responsibility when when you're kind of worried about yourself in, in some aspect. And you got to take that and, and take care of your whole team. So hopefully, you know, obviously it feels weird to put that on. You know, Benny is at this particular time with him being kind of in this murky water of being suspended. But hopefully Benny and Judah can, can step up and, and lead this team.
0: That's why I miss Cy so much because he was such a good leader on and off the court. And you could see that as soon as he stepped on the court, everybody respected him. Everybody uh, followed his direction. And I'm glad that he has a bigger role in Binghamton because I don't know what his role would be with the team now. In fact, I don't know if he would really have a role, but I, I want to see a guy that doesn't necessarily take size place because nobody can replace side, but I want to see somebody that can have the same impact that he did when he stepped on the court. Everybody paid attention. He doesn't necessarily need to be like the ball handler. It could be anybody. It could be Naheem McLeod. It could be Big Will. It could be anybody. But um, I want to see somebody that has that sort of respect. As soon as he steps on the court, everybody pays attention.
1: Yeah, Q might not be the captain, but I do think when Q steps on the court, his his energy and his, his... Way he tackles the game is so contagious. Anytime he's in the game, he, he you know, or, or, or not even in the game, he's impacting the game with with his voice and his energy, and it just he is such a great presence on this team. And I I think he was gonna bring good things on to this year.
0: We went to Monroe Madness, and the guy that was the most popular, not only in the building, but on the court among his team was Q. Like by, by far it was Q. It was cool to see the team joking around with him. It was cool to like, see how laid back he was. And I think at the end of the day, everybody has their own leadership style. JG3 had his own leadership style. Cy had his own leadership style. It, It, it takes the form of whatever personality they have and, you could definitely see that Q is loved in the program. His, his coaches are talking about how great he's been in practice and you saw how much play time he had in the scrimmages that he could be the guy that has, you know, everybody on the bench has someone who is basically getting starter minutes, whether that's, uh, you know, Q or, or whoever that's going to be. um, I think it, I think it could be Q, man. I really think that he could he could fall into that role.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One other worry I want to bring up here, and obviously super small sample size, only two exhibition games, but three point shooting has not been the best to start the season here, exhibition wise, and that just brings a little worry into the picture. And hopefully, we're able to kind of figure that out, and it's not a problem moving forward. But even last year with JG3, who is obviously a great three-point shooter, we kind of struggled at times from the three because JG3 was really our only threat who was consistent. So hopefully we're able to figure that out. And hopefully, you know, like obviously it's a very small, sample size, but if, if we continue to shoot the way we have these first two expedition games, things are going to not look, not going to look good.
0: Yeah, you especially saw that against St. Rose, shot 21%. I, I I think that that would probably be the biggest worry too from at least a, a play standpoint because you do have Chris Bell. You do have Justin Taylor. But after that, you don't have much. You have people that can shoot. It's not like they're, you know, unable to shoot. It's just, you know, they're they're not the go-to guys when you need a 3 Who's gonna shoot it? Chris is cold. JT's cold. You know who who's gonna go for it? So I see what you mean, and maybe that's a role that that Judah falls into. Maybe that's a role that Kyle Cuff falls into. I don't know, but you do need that that tertiary guy that is going to be able to shoot. Kyle was the one that that got the most shots up. Uh, he was he was the on on the bench at least. So. You could see that moving forward. Maybe that's the sort of role that he takes on because I, I have been wondering well, like, what role he's going to have. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Three-point shooting is definitely something that we're going to need to circle.
1: Cuse was picked to finish 10th in the league. Bro, that is fuel to the fire. I don't know why they did that because they're going to regret it in a very, very quickly. Where do you think they're actually going to finish?
0: Ken Palm had us at 105, like, in 11th in the ACC. That's so disrespectful, which is why, like, I, 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 get, I get the questioning. This is a new coach. This is a new squad that's coming in. Everybody in Syracuse is really hyped to start the year, but outside of Syracuse, like, nobody's giving any sort of love to Orange Nation. I feel like... They're they're kind of yeah disrespecting us a little bit. I, where do I think that they're going to finish though? Ah oh, man. Um, there's obviously the the tiers to the ACC. Every single year you've got the top six or seven teams that are clearly going to make the tournament, and then you got maybe two or three that are kind of under the bubble. And we've been like loving that bubble as of recently, and then everybody else, Boston College after that, you know. But
1: I, I think well me, if me, we're being let me do this for you. Where do you hope we'll, we'll be? And then yeah. what do you think realistically you're comfortable, like you could really see us at the end of the year?
0: I mean, that just kind of brings us back to like the same question that we asked in the beginning is like, what are the expectations to start this year? I think the hope is top three. Do I think that's realistic? Not really. I think everything will have to go right for it to be top three. I wonder, I mean, To answer this question, I'm going to ask you a question. How strong do you think the ACC is going to be this year?
1: I mean, we don't really know at this moment. At the moment, I think the ACC is a little open. We really don't know how good UNC is going to be. Obviously, you know, they were in the National Championship two years ago. Then they had the biggest dud of the year last year. So we're not really sure where they're going to be this year. Obviously, Duke is Duke. Virginia is Virginia but the way things have been going the last few years in the ACC it's kind of uh, gone downhill a little bit nationally and the the league's getting slept on. Miami's going to be good. But in general the the ACC's a little bit open it feels like especially if we're comp- compared to you know where where the trend of the the league has been going the last few years. But I think I do think I mean obviously like, we don't have a sample size, we don't know, we haven't played any actual games yet. So it's hard to I don't think we can like really, we can't put anything against Q's at this this moment, right? We, there's nothing to say what's wrong. They haven't lost anything yet. They haven't they haven't done anything yet. So I think yeah, I think top three top top three is a is is a fair fair goal. Obviously, that's gonna be tough. I think you know if we can get in the top six, that would be great too.
0: I would love to finish in. I feel like our expectations are getting worse, but I feel like the top half would be really good at least in the first couple of games to start ACC play. I think I want us to look competitive against the teams in Maui. And that is going to be a really quick turnaround for this program, a really quick start. But I think if we look competitive in Maui, I think that it will be fair to be like, all right, I think it is fair to put a, a top seven assessment on on this team to finish in the ACC but until then I almost feel like it's not fair to predict where we're gonna finish because the sky's the limit but also the ground could be the finishing I I don't think that we're as bad as Louisville I really hope we're not but you know it, it could be it could be really tough growing pains with the amount of talent that is on this team I could at least see a top 10 finish at least I would be shocked if it was less than at that. At least I really would.
1: At least the top 10, bro. Are you kidding me?
0: At least, at, at least. least. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying with this team, with just the raw talent on this team, it would make sense to finish in the top 10 eight. in Give the me ACC. Top eight
1: at least, at least top eight.
0: <laughs> but I'm saying, like, raw with 10 talent, with like no chemistry, no chemistry whatsoever. The amount of talent that is on this squad, it's top 10
1: eight absolutely give you at least eight
0: I'll give you top eight I okay, will give you top go. eight I we think that's fair
1: that.
0: I think that's fair I I do wonder though like the big question in the two three has been is the two three gonna change their name no of course not the two three podcast is not gonna change its name come on that's dumb but I do wonder like what role the two three zone is going to have in in reds defense heading into this year because Man-to-man is, is the new thing. It's the new style. The, the the kids love it. The kids have been loving it for for 20-something years, and Jim just never wanted to change it. But I do wonder, like, what role do you think the, the zone is going to have uh, on our team?
1: I would love to see the zone become our secret weapon. Obviously, everyone says Syracuse, and the second thing that comes to their mind is 2-3 zone. But now that we're kind of changing things here, obviously it might take a minute for people to kind of shift. Oh, like Syracuse is playing man-to-man now. But it'd be, I think it would be cool if we could use the 2-3 as like a little bit of a secret weapon, especially when we get into, you know, end of the season play or even just throughout games or throughout throughout the year in particular situations where we could turn it on for a second, turn it off, and kind of just throw it at teams when it makes sense to and when we can kind of just like surprise him with it. I feel like it'd be really cool to see to use it as like a little secret weapon. We've talked
0: about it a lot, but uh Louisville a couple years ago obviously did the whole like switching to the to zone mid play, which completely threw everybody off. I don't think that it would be that serious, but if you see I, I think that like Jim Jim did a pretty decent job last year of of running different variations of the zone and figuring out what worked for the team in that game. So I wonder how much, like how many packages they've been practicing. If they've been practicing with like a one, three, one, a three, two, a two, three, uh, a triangle two, if you can throw different variations of a zone out there and just see like what's kind of working and completely throw off the defense for like a player or two, that could really change the momentum of an ACC game. And I think the biggest issue that among many that the team had last year was we had no way of scoring or of, of stopping a, a streak for the other team. There was our defense wasn't good enough to be able to just, OK, they've they've dropped like 12 of us, 12 on us in the past, like two minutes. How do we stop this? How, do we switch something up? Like, how, how do we stop this right now? And if you're able to kind of throw that out there in little spurts to kind of stop the momentum for the other team, I think that would be huge for Red.
1: And I think what's key there is we know the zone. We're not like other teams who like kind of know the zone and throw it in there. Like majority of the the players on this team, and I know they practice this still, we know the zone. Like this is kind of like our bread and butter in years past, obviously. So I think it could be, I think it really could be utilized as like a a unique secret weapon that, that could be effective at certain times. We'll see how that plays out, but it would be really cool to to see it from time to time.
0: Before we wrap up episode two, I want to ask you so far with, with the limited time that we have seen them in Monroe madness and the two exhibition games, what newcomers have impressed you the most so far?
1: I mean, obviously the top of that list is JJ. He his his speed and his shiftiness is just so unique. And, I think his biggest thing is his speed, bro. He can he can move, shift yeah in a second. The way he gets in the lane, him and JJ or him and Judah, bro, is gonna be a nightmare. I don't know how anyone in the league is gonna be able to combat those two because literally the second like there was a play in one of the exhibition games where Judah goes in the lane or not actually JJ went in the lane and then passed it out to J to Judah. Judah like followed his path in the lane and then got 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 a layup out of it. So these guys will be relentless and just put it right down the middle of the lane. I think uh, I think my number one is definitely JJ. And then I think Kyle Cuff was kind yeah. of surprised for me. He he looked great out there. I have no like hesitations with him out there running point or or at the two. He's looked great as well. I. Uh I
0: don't know how many people picked up on this but after JJ had committed to Syracuse which was immediate last year him and Judah were hanging out in Miami together for for a little bit so I wonder if that you know how how strong that connection was I know they played with each other before um before he came to Syracuse but I think the biggest shock for me too has has definitely been been JJ. The amount of points that he's been putting up every game has been fantastic. Obviously the first game he got 40 minutes of play time, which was a lot. But uh I I wonder what role Naheem is going to have in all this because I I think Cuse Nation is definitely used to a guy like Moo. Um and he's been Moo's been pretty good, you know, the past couple of years. He's he's been learning the system, but I just don't think that he was really starter caliber and Naheem kind of came in. I didn't know if he was going to get a bench role or if he's going to get a starting role. It's pretty, pretty evident that he's going to be getting starting minutes. Nobody's going to be able to replace Jesse Edwards, but you know, you kind of hope that he's able to at least get a little bit of the same impact that that Jesse had.
1: Yeah. I mean, Naheem, he's got good hands. He's good at snagging those, those high lobs. Obviously his height makes it easy. You know, he's got some decent footwork too. He's got some different things in his bag where he can... He has a few moves here and there that he showcased early on here. But I I really do think Naheem, the kid to Naheem, is the guys around him making him better and finding him. If guys can find him, set him up for, for easy dunks and easy layups, Nahim's easily going to get, you know, 12, 10 points a game without even, like, much effort. Because he's going to be in the right place at the right time, and obviously... Being the giant that he is, it's going to be an easy bucket every time. But so far, what we've seen from Naheem has been great, and I think this team is really complementary to him because we have so many guards that are good ball handlers, they're good passers, and Naeem's is going to be feeding, is going to be fed by them all night long.
0: For the first two games, what do you want to see most? From this team, I'm not going to ask like you to highlight a player or to be like, oh, who are, you, who are you looking out for? Like, what do you want to see from this from this group?
1: I just want to see consistency. Obviously, there's there's going to be some some rust and some sloppiness early on here, but just consistency as much as we can get a full game together, because obviously these first two exhibition games, there's been some sloppiness and times where we made mistakes and very quickly here we're not going to be able to to, to make up those mistakes obviously early on here we, we can combat that because we're more athletic we can get back and get a block but very soon when we're mile, we're not going to make a mistake and then get back because we're more athletic you know these guys are going to be just as athletic if not more athletic so i think if we can be consistent and really just hold ourselves to a high standard because as soon as we get as soon as we get through these first 3 games here It gets real hard, real quick. And I think these first three games, like we can't, we can't, we can't take anything easy and like we can't rely on our athleticism.
0: It's also going to be tough. You got Monday and then you got Wednesday. So only, you know, a pretty, pretty quick turnaround right there. Obviously, we don't have to travel anywhere, which is good. But then after that, you do have a little bit of time to work on stuff. The next game isn't against Colgate until next Tuesday. So anything that does happen, Red's going to have some time to, kind of work on things but there's a lot of stuff to to look forward to for this group. There's a lot of stuff to look forward to for this New Hampshire game and at the same time I I think I think it's fair to be to be really excited about this group. I don't think that it is I don't think people are overblowing it. I really do believe that that Syracuse basketball is back and it's really good to to say that with a you know, a heart of confidence, Syracuse basketball is back, baby Zach.
1: It's it's beautiful. You call me baby Zach. I like that. I
0: did. I didn't mean to. Um, that's kind of awkward, but no, I he
1: calls you that off there, believe it or not, everybody. So don't, don't let fool you.
0: Damn. I've
1: been caught. All right.
0: Anyways, Zach, we're back, baby. The two, three is back. No man-to-man podcast here, just the 2-3 podcast. Always will be the 2-3 podcast. Next time you'll hear from us is going to be after the Kenichis game. Until you hear from us then, we will talk to you soon. And let's go Cuse!